Hello and welcome to the Aware Parenting Stories podcast. My name is Joss Golden and I am so happy you are here. In this podcast series, I interview people who are passionate about parenting. We talk about all things to do with motherhood and parenting and explore the joys and the challenges that we all face in our families. The aim of the podcast is to inspire us all on our parenting adventures and to support parents to raise their children with more awareness, connection, and love. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Aware Parenting Stories podcast. In this episode, I'm going to go through and give a brief description of what aware parenting actually is, what the core aspects and principles are of this beautiful approach. I talk about how to practice aware parenting in our families, what strategies we can use to make parenting easier. I go through how to listen to feelings, how to use attachment play with our children, how to rewind and repair when it's not going as planned, and how to deal with the struggles and challenges of parenting to get support for us and how important that is. At the end, I offer some opportunities for reflection and I hope you enjoy the show. My name's Joss Golden. I'm an aware parenting instructor. I have two children, and at the time of recording this, they are 18 and 16. And we've been practicing aware parenting since my youngest was a baby. So the purpose is to give you some background information about aware parenting, some of the basic aspects and principles of aware parenting, and then some strategies and tools that you can use with your children. So I hope you find this helpful as you start to navigate your way through your aware parenting adventures and just before we start I just want to send lots of love to you if you're at the beginning of the process quite often we might feel some regret or we might feel a bit sad that we didn't know this way before perhaps we've parented our children in ways that we now feel a bit sad about and if that's you I just send you lots of love and compassion and I encourage you to be compassionate with yourself too it's never too late to start aware parenting And it's never too late for us to support our children to heal and to further deepen our connection and our relationships with our children. Um, I'll share some information about myself at the end of the session. So what is aware parenting? Aware parenting, as you probably know, is an approach to parenting our children that was founded by Aletha Salter, PhD. Aletha is a Swiss-American psychologist She's done a significant amount of research into child development, into attachment, and into trauma and different ways to support our children in our parenting. She's written lots of books and has run several workshops, many, many, many workshops on this. It's based on her research in the fields of attachment and child development and psychotherapy and also looking to the neurobiology of trauma. Parents who follow this way of being with their children help their children to grow up to be loving and cooperative and connected, non-violent, and not needing to suppress their feelings with things like drugs or alcohol because they've been supported to release their feelings throughout. It supports and prioritizes strong relationships and connections in our family. And there are three main aspects to aware parenting and 10 principles, which I'll just go through briefly. So the three main aspects of aware parenting are attachment style, where you're focusing on your closeness, prompt responding to your child, long-term breastfeeding, if that's possible, wearing your child and carrying them around a lot, and just promoting that close connection 
as we have evolved to be with our children. So people who live in traditional communities and how humans first evolved to be connected was to maintain lots of closeness for at least the first two years of our child's life. The second aspect of aware parenting is having non-punitive discipline. So that means not using punishments or rewards in the family, not having threats, and instead looking at underlying needs that would be affecting our child's behavior and having peaceful conflict resolution in the family and supporting our children to be cooperative in that way. The third aspect is around helping our children to heal from stress and trauma. It understands and recognizes that crying is a natural, innate healing mechanism that we all have to release stress and trauma from our bodies and that healing can also be supported in our children through laughter, through play, through our children having tantrums and raging. So it welcomes all emotions from our children and it encourages everybody in the family to support ourselves as parents to heal from stress and trauma that we may be carrying as well as supporting our children with that process too. The 10 principles of aware parenting are outlined on Aletha's website, which is awareparenting.com. So the first one is that we meet our children's needs for physical contact. We are not concerned about spoiling our children. We're not concerned about making a rod for our own backs, as I was warned about many times, if we stay close and carry our children and have that very close physical connection with them. Aware parents accept the entire range of emotions and we listen non-judgmentally whenever we can when our children are showing us how they are feeling. We don't categorize feelings into good or bad. We just welcome that our children are going to experience a full range of feelings many, many times. And whatever they bring to us, we try to be there to listen and support them while they tell us how they feel. We offer age-appropriate stimulation and we trust that children are going to learn at their own rate and in their own way. So we don't force learning. We obviously facilitate our children to explore things and to learn, but we trust that our children will come to things when they are ready and we recognize their own uniqueness in their learning process. We offer encouragement for learning new skills, but we don't judge our performance or criticize them or give them praise. So for example, instead of saying to our children, oh, well done, you did such a good job with that. We might comment on something that we like about what they've done instead. So if they bring us a drawing, for example, we might say, oh, I love the way you've used color here instead of praising our children. That way our kids learn intrinsic motivation for what they would choose to do and what they choose to learn and what they choose to explore rather than being reliant on the judgments and praise of external people on their behavior and their performance. We spend time each day giving full attention to our child. This is called non-directed child-centered play in aware parenting, also known sometimes as special time. But we deliberately make time as often as we can to give our children moments of undivided attention, playful connection, where we are present, focused on our children, following their lead and engaged in play with them. Aware parenting, protect our children from danger, obviously, but we don't, we recognize that it's not possible to protect our children from all suffering, from all disappointment, from all uncomfortableness. And we don't try to do that. So we obviously keep them safe and we also accept that there will be times when our children are upset, disappointed, when they make mistakes or when they have problems and conflicts. 
and we're there to support them with the beautiful tools that Aware Parenting gives us to do so. We encourage our children to be autonomous problem solvers. And so we step in and help them when they need our help, but we don't try to solve their problems for them. We are by their side, helping them, but um, not taking over and allowing them the opportunity to learn how to solve problems themselves. We set reasonable boundaries and limits, what are called loving limits in aware parenting. And I'll talk about that a bit more later on when we're talking about releasing feelings. We gently guide our children towards what we consider to be acceptable behavior, but we don't control our kids with bribes or rewards or threats or any kind of punishments. We take care of ourselves. This is such a big one. We take care of ourselves and we're honest about our own needs and feelings. And when I first started Aware Parenting, I was really under the impression that it was all about supporting my baby to sleep and helping my son, um, my two-year-old, with his tantrums. But increasingly, it became obvious that actually it was a lot also about my own healing and listening to my own feelings, recognizing that I had needs too and that meeting my needs was crucial. It's the whole oxygen mask on the aeroplane thing. And that's really a central point with aware parenting, crucial. And finally, we strive to be aware of the ways in which our own childhood pain interferes with our ability to be good parents. So we reach out for support. We, we try to get better and better at recognizing when we're responding to our children from a place of childhood pain rather than from what's actually going on in the moment. And we take steps to meet our needs around that so that our children aren't burdened by pain that we still carry from our childhoods. So those are the basic points about aware parenting, the basic principles that Aletha sets out. So how do we actually do aware parenting in practice? Now, the most important things about aware parenting are the focus on connection. And that means that we prioritize our relationships and our connection with our children. We show our children as often as we can that our relationship is more important than the way that they behave. We offer them unconditional love as much as we can so that they truly feel safe, connected to us and loved by us. Listening to feelings. Yeah, so this is a really, really big part of aware parenting. We recognize that many, many times our children are going to have strong feelings about things and we're there to support them, to listen, to make them feel heard, to let them know that we care and we understand. And I'll talk more about that in a moment as well. We accept and we're there to support our children. We're having tantrums. So we don't see tantrums as misbehavior. Instead, we see it as a release of feelings and we're there by our children's side when they have things to share in this way. We play regularly with our children, as I said, especially offering special time and power reversal games. And I'll talk more about play and different types of play and different ideas for games that we can play with our children. And I used to have a motto when my kids were little, which was, if in doubt, play. So if things come up, their behavior is challenging or our children are not being cooperative, bringing a playful component into how we respond to them is so, so helpful. Rewind, repair and reconnect when it all goes wrong. So inevitably, there are going to be times where we lose our temper with our children, where we're triggered, where we might respond to them in ways that we really don't want to. And I'm still doing that 16 years later. So it is inevitable. We would have to be absolute saints who had support and all the care that we needed in order to not respond like that ever. So the beautiful thing with aware parenting is that we can be compassionate about ourselves when that happens. We can support our children with a process that's called rewind, repair, and reconnect. So we approach our children when we're feeling better and 
and we say we're sorry, we apologize, we explain why we behaved in the way that we did, why we responded to them like that. Perhaps we might say that we were feeling stressed or we were feeling tired, but we let our children know that it's not about them and we take steps to show them that we get support for ourselves when we're feeling overwhelmed and then we ask them if they're willing to reconnect. And through this process of rewind and repair and reconnection, even when we lose our temper with our children and speak to them in ways that they don't enjoy, it's still an opportunity to deepen our relationship further and to further connect with our children in a more profound way. We show them that we don't have to be perfect humans and that they don't have to be perfect humans either. So it's a really beautiful, beautiful tool. We get support for ourselves, and I just can't stress this enough, but when we get listening to our pain, and it might be pain in the present and struggles that we're having with our children, or it might be stuff that's coming up from our past that needs to be healed and needs to be let go. But when we get support with how we're feeling, it makes it possible to listen to our children and support them with how they're feeling. And it's just such a central central component of aware parenting. And it's really important to remember that when we get our support, things really shift for our children as well. So that might be something that you're really struggling with in your parenting and just having the opportunity to offload that to somebody else and to be supported with that. We find that things completely change with our kids too, even though we haven't actually done anything differently. We bring our awareness to our children's feelings and needs and to our feelings and needs too. So yes, that's that part about You know, what are our children needing? Maybe they're behaving in a way that we're not enjoying because they have unmet needs around connection or they have unmet needs around autonomy or choice or any of the things that they might be experiencing. And the same, of course, is true for us. Most of us parenting in these ways in our nuclear families and not in our tribes, we're not getting the support that we need to be able to meet our needs. So we often also have needs for for rest, for connection, for support, and all these things that are not getting met. So bringing our awareness to that and then trying to find ways to meet our needs in in whatever way we can will make parenting so much easier. We remember that you know your child best. So there's so much advice out there about parenting. Much of it is really conflicting. And there's lots of loud voices in this area that are talking about the need for our child to be independent or getting our kids to sleep through the night or stopping our children having tantrums and disciplining our children with the naughty step or whatever it is. So it's really important with aware parenting that we always stress that you are the perfect expert in your child. You know your child best and you can observe their behavior after you've used some of these aware parenting strategies. And you will see very quickly whether it works or not for your children, whether they feel more relaxed after listening to feelings, all those sorts of things. So You always tune into how you feel when you're using these strategies. And if it doesn't feel right for you in the moment, then it isn't right for you in the moment. Nobody else can tell you how to parent your child. So how to listen to feelings. One of the really crucial things about aware parenting is that we never leave a child alone to cry. So we would never leave a baby alone to cry and we would never leave a toddler alone to cry either. Sometimes as our children get older, they need a little bit of space when they're having big feelings, but we always let them know that we're right there, that we're as soon as they want to connect with us, we're there and we're listening. And with babies, we would always be holding them in our arms while they're expressing feelings, or we might be lying beside them on the bed 
or we might be sitting right next to our toddler who's on the floor having a meltdown, but we never leave them on their own. The healing power of crying to release these feelings only works if it's done in the presence of a loving listener. We recognize in aware parenting that as well as communicating needs, for example, they might be uncomfortable or painful or hot or hungry, babies and children also cry to release stress. So there are these two aspects to crying. Yeah, One is to express a need immediately and one is to cry and release how they feel about things. And babies from a very young age experience intense feelings in relation to what's going on in relation to the intense experience of being born and then all the other experiences that happen to them. So we recognize that that is one of the reasons why they cry. So if children are, if our babies, for example, are crying and it's because they're hungry, then if we meet that need immediately by feeding them afterwards, they should be stopped crying and will no longer have the need to cry. But if we've met all of their immediate needs and they're still crying, then that suggests that it's crying in order to release feelings about, about their experiences. As I said before, it's never too late to start. I didn't listen to my son until he was two around his feelings because I wasn't familiar with aware parenting until then. Anytime. And anytime that you listen, anytime you have capacity to listen, it's a gift for our children. So how do you know if your children have feelings to release? Well, we can see it in their behavior. Usually if they're behaving in a way that's unenjoyable for us, it's usually a sign that they've got feelings. It could be that they're having difficulties with sleep or there's obvious signs of tension or distress or agitation in their bodies. Maybe they are fighting with their siblings. Maybe they're being aggressive. All of these things are red flags that we can see that they're waving saying, please, mama, please, dad, I'm feeling really bad. I've got lots of feelings and I need your support. As I said, we meet all their immediate needs where we can, particularly, yes, when they're babies and they're crying to tell us that they're uncomfortable or they're hot or they're in pain. The priority is always to meet those needs first. And then, yes, if you're feeling that your child has feelings to express, hold them, stay close, tell them that you're there and you're listening and offer them your loving presence. So you might say something like, yeah, I know it's hard, sweetheart, and I'm right here and I'm listening. And then we don't really need to do much else. We're just there. We're shining our love onto them. And we can remind them from time to time, I know, sweetheart, I'm right here. I'm listening. And they can share everything that they feel. And then we can, as I said, we can observe at the end of that process to see, are they feeling more relaxed? Are they feeling calm? Are they making eye contact with us? Are they soft and relaxed in their bodies? So the second aspect of listening to feelings and supporting our children to release is through attachment play. And it's a really important component of aware parenting. Attachment play can support our children to release lots of feelings, particularly feelings around fear, around frustration and around disempowerment. Play also has the added bonus of strengthening our connection and our relationship with our children and it can deepen that, that relationship by allowing us regular moments of fun and lightheartedness and silliness and laughter. As I said before, special time is a really, really great one. And as often as we are able, we might offer our children could just be 10 minutes of our time. And we let our kids know that we're there for them and we're following their lead for 10 minutes. So we're doing special time now, sweetheart. What would you like to do? I'm going to set a timer for 10 minutes. And they get to decide how we spend the time. Sometimes at the end of that time, particularly if our 
children are feeling safe and connected to us, there might be some feelings bubbling up when the timer goes off. They might be upset that we're not playing anymore. And all we need to do there is listen to their feelings. We don't have to say, oh, okay, sweetheart, if you want to play more, we'll play more. And we don't have to get angry with them and say, well, I told you we were only having 10 minutes, so it's up now and that's just how it's going to be. Instead, we can just listen. I know, sweetheart, you really want to keep playing, but the time is up now and we're going to stop. We will do more special time tomorrow. I'm right here. I'm listening. And then we can listen while they get whatever it is off their chest. And often the feelings that they express in that moment have nothing really to do with the sadness about play being over. It might be something that they've experienced from before that's just got that space now and that safety, that sweet spot to come up and to be offloaded. There are nine different types of attachment play, but one of my favorites is power reversal games. And in these games, our children get to be the strong ones. They get to be the powerful ones. They get to lead the play. So for example, they might be having a pillow fight and they knock us over. They might be chasing us around and they catch us. It might be that we're chasing them and trying to catch them, but we just can't quite do it. It could be that we're being silly and falling over. It could be that we're getting things wrong and making mistakes and they say, no, mommy, you're so silly. That's not how you read the book. But it's lots of chances for our children for that period of time to be the strong one, the capable one, the clever one, the funny one, the fast one. And it allows us lots of opportunities for laughter and for children to release feelings of when they're not capable of doing things or frustration when they can't do things or times when they felt disempowered because no matter how we raise our children, there are always times when they have to do things that they don't want to do. So these types of games really help, a really helpful one to use. So as I said before, the rewind and the repair thing is a central aspect and strategy that we can use with aware parenting So yes, it's inevitable that we will respond harshly to them. Parenting is so challenging. And there are times when our kids' behavior really pushes our buttons. So as much as we can, especially if we're getting the support that we need and trying to meet our needs, we may be able to pause when we can feel ourselves going into that harshness. But there are times when we can't. And as I said before, yeah, these are the moments where we rewind I'm so sorry, sweetheart. I lost my temper with you. Can we rewind now? Are you ready? And we might repair by saying, I'm so sorry. I was feeling really stressed because I needed to get out and I have so much on today that I wanted to get done. And I really want you always to feel loved. And I would love to always be able to respond to you with kindness and love. And I know that sometimes I can't. So I'm sorry that I wasn't able to this time. I love you so much and you always deserve my love. That might be some that sort of thing that we're saying to them. And yeah, lots and lots of self-compassion when this happens. We all do this. And we evolved for thousands of years to live in tribes where there were lots of people supporting us to raise our children and lots of people supporting us with the boring and awful monotonous jobs of motherhood or fatherhood washing clothes, cooking endless meals, cleaning the house, all that kind of stuff. We were designed to do that in community with support and with help, not in our nuclear families all alone, unsupported and struggling. So lots of self-compassion when we can't be the parent that we want to be. With aware parenting, we know that we can always rewind and we know that we can always support our children to release any feelings that they may have as a result of our behavior towards them. And yes, doing what we can to meet our needs more and to get support, especially when we find ourselves responding in this way. 
So reaching out, it could be to a listening partner. It could be writing in a journal. Whatever it is, it's important that we get support. And the more support we have, the easier it is for us to respond more often to the children in the way that we want to. I used to understand it and think, yeah, of course, it's important to get support for myself. And I will when I when I have a minute. And I also know that if I'd been on a plane and the oxygen mask had come down, even though I knew to put mine on first, I would have put my children's on first anyway. And increasingly, I realized that it's just not possible to parent that way. It's not possible to parent our children with love, with connection, with kindness, with compassion, with patience, with connection. If we're not supporting ourselves, it really is the most important aspect. And most of us weren't listened to when we were children. Most of us are carrying around like a lifetime of unheard tears and a huge backpack full of feelings. So the more we understand the importance of supporting our children to release feelings, the more we understand the importance of supporting ourselves to release our hurts and our wounds too. So yes, reaching out for support is really, really important. How often do you cry? How often do you get loving listening? How often do you get to express how you feel? It's something that needs our attention and needs our care. As I said, yeah, this might be a listening partnership where you find a friend to listen to you, especially somebody who understands this way of parenting too. And you offer each other regular time. Perhaps it's 20 minutes where you're listening to their feelings and then the timer goes off and then you swap and they have 20 minutes where they're listening to you. And you're not trying to solve each other's problems. You're not trying to give each other advice. You're just giving each other deep care, compassion and listening and empathy. Might be writing in a journal. That's something that I find really helpful, jotting down all the feelings that are coming up, the stream of consciousness, all the different things that we feel. And then later, perhaps we could go back and have a read and think, is that really true? Is that really true? And if it is true, that's fine. And if it's not true, that's also fine. But it allows us to get it off our chest, how we're feeling. Having a session with an aware parenting instructor. I mean, all of us aware parenting instructors have had several sessions with aware parenting instructors. And some of my clients are aware parenting instructors themselves who still get support. And I still have sessions myself too. So that's also really helpful to address how we're feeling and how we can best support our children and just to offload what's in our hearts. So I wonder if you might want to pause now and just take some time to reflect a little bit on some of these things. This is part of the process of supporting ourselves, taking time to reflect on our feelings. So what do you need to help make parenting easier for you? What are some of the steps that you could take right now, this week, just a couple of little things to make parenting feel more manageable? How might you support yourself with current stresses in your life? So, yeah, as I said, what are two things that you could do this week to help support you? Just little things make a big difference. For me, it might be something simple like going out in the sunshine with a cup of tea, barefoot on the ground, and just breathing slowly and gently and calmly. Perhaps reflecting on a time, can you remember when you cried as an adult and, and how did that make you feel? How did you feel when you had your feelings heard by somebody else? That really helps to remind us that our children feel so deliciously supported and so lovely and so connected to us when we listen to them in these ways. How would it feel to lovingly listen to your child while they're crying for your child and for you? 
maybe it brings up lots of feelings for you and maybe it's tricky, but getting support around that is really, really helpful. Are you able to offer your children 15 minutes of special time a few times a week? That really fills up their cup and you might really enjoy it too. And what you do you want your child to deeply feel about you and about themselves as they grow up? Do you want them to feel unconditionally loved? Do you want them to feel that all their feelings are welcome? Do you want them to feel that you're a safe place where they can always come whenever they have something in their heart to share, whatever age they are? Do you want them to feel that their true authentic self is lovable? Or do you want them to feel that they don't have to be perfect in order to be loved? So perhaps take some time to reflect on these things. And these are the results of parenting this way. Our children do feel unconditionally loved. They feel safe. They're more cooperative. They're more kind. They're more empathic. And our relationships with our children are so deep and respectful and strong. Some resources that you might want to explore. Elisa's website. She also has five books, which are wonderful. And I've read them all several times. There's the Aware Parenting podcast that you're probably familiar with. And there is the free Facebook group. So you can explore that if you want some help to come in and share anything that might be going on for you in there. And finally, yes, I offer one-to-one sessions and um, some workshops and some groups. I support parents when there's disagreement between the two parents about parenting, my website, and I also have an email list. So lots of love to you all. If you have any questions, contact me and I'm happy to support you in any way I can. Wishing you love and connection and lots of compassion on your Aware Parenting journey. Thank you for joining me on Aware Parenting Stories. I hope you enjoyed this episode. To find out more, please visit my website www.awareparenting.com.au and follow me on social media at Aware Parenting with Joss. I wish you much connection and love on your parenting adventures. Mm -hmm.